Welcome to the One in One Podcast, where below-average podcasts are chats with an above-average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget Bay. My guest today is Laura Weinberg, who played soccer at Duke University from 2010 to 2013 and was a member of the 2011 Final Four team. Laura, welcome to the show. Hi, Bridget. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Laura, you grew up in Boca Raton, Florida, which I told you off air, my mom's from, I'm obsessed with that town. It's so great. I'm so jealous that you got to grow up there. It's funny. I feel like growing up there, you know, where you grow up, you don't really know otherwise. And now looking back and, you know, not living in sunny Florida anymore, I realized just how incredible it was to be in sunshine 365 days a year and not have to worry about indoor sports or any of that. Um, <laughs> so I agree with you. I love Boca. It's awesome. Now, were you at the beach a lot? You know, not as often as you would think. We lived growing up about like a 10-minute drive away. Um, so we'd go from time to time, but more so like pools, um, kind of hung out at other places just, I guess, because the beach was so readily available we didn't feel the need to take full advantage of it yeah I could see that where someone like me I don't live that close to a beach so when I'm at in a beach town I'm there all the time but yeah if it's always around I totally get that exactly I feel like I definitely when I'm home now I go more often just because you know living in New York and in the city not as accessible so I take more advantage of it now being a bit older and more removed yeah, yeah, the concrete jungle. But hey, have you ever gone out to the Hamptons? <laughs> I have, yeah. We go um, a couple of times this summer. Um, and then my grandpa actually, he has since passed away, but he has a house out in Fire Island, which is still within our family. So we get to go out there a couple of times this summer as well, and it's just so nice, right on the beach. So um, definitely like to get out east as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm more of a Jersey Shore person, but I was, I've been during okay. quarantine watching a bunch of Bravo shows, and I became obsessed with Summer House, and they're in the Hamptons, so I'm oh, going to yeah. try to get out there next summer. <laughs> it's funny, I don't watch Bravo, so I'm not as obsessed as other people, but I do love <laughs> Summer House. It's I a will good say one. that's my favorite. It is a good one. It's a great cast. They're just so interesting. I know. I'm waiting for season five. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Miss the twins, though. I wish they were still there. I know, right? We actually saw, um, what's the blonde one's name? That's um, not a the twin, guy. Oh, Kyle? No, it's a guy. Yeah, Kyle. We saw him on a run on the West Side Highway a couple of months ago. Um, and we were a little bit starstruck. I get starstruck pretty easily, but I was like, oh, my gosh. A dealer celebrity. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I probably would have had the same reaction. <laughs> anyway, this is not a podcast about Summer House, my bad. It's about your soccer career. But, Laura, did you grow up with any siblings, or were you an only child? I did. I have a younger sister. Um, she's two years younger, and she actually played soccer as well. Um, she played at Savannah College of Art and Design, Ooh. which is an NAIA school in Georgia. She's Super artsy and way cooler than I am, um, but it was amazing to get to play middle school soccer together, high school soccer together, um, and kind of grow up, you know, having that as our, our bond. 
Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm jealous of her now because I love Savannah. I have a friend that lived there for a while. Savannah's awesome. We actually just went back recently as a family, um, like earlier, maybe a couple of months ago, and we just rented an Airbnb and just explored the city for the weekend, mostly on bike, um, but we had such an amazing time. It's such a special place. Uh, I hope you ate the best Southern food. Oh my gosh, Zunzi's is my obsession. I don't know if you've been there, but it's incredible. I don't remember. It was a couple of years ago. I don't remember the names of the restaurants, but I love Southern food. So if next time I get there, I'm definitely going to try there. Yeah, you should for sure. <laughs> All right. We're about, what, 10 minutes in and we have not talked about your soccer career yet. So <laughs> let's get into it. How did you get into soccer? Um, so I basically played every single sport under the sun growing up, um, everywhere from like roller hockey, um, baseball, flag football, and all on boys teams, surprisingly, because at that point, and I'm really not that old, um, but there weren't all girls teams just yet. Um, so I basically experimented with every sport, including soccer. Of course, I started playing rec when I was um, about five on an all boys team. And then the next year I started, um, on a, uh, a recreational team, which was all girls. Um, funnily enough, I was a huge tomboy as you probably can tell from all the sports that I played, but I, um, had short hair and I, you know, the parents would mention to my parents that I was a boy and that I didn't belong on the girls team. So, oh, you know, it, it really did upset younger now of course I can laugh about it but I was just such a tomboy and you know I was one of the best on the team from a young age so I got <laughs> ridiculed a little bit but Aww. that's kind of how I got into it nice nice and I have to ask because you end up at Duke did you play basketball when you were younger I didn't that was actually one of the sports that I wasn't so gifted in um I believe I like did a tryout at my middle school and I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't that good. So I can't say that was one of the sports that I really stuck with. Although of course going to Duke and, you know, being a spectator of basketball, I fully enjoyed being in Cameron and getting the opportunity to go to some of those games. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so jealous. I, I can't even imagine what Cameron indoors like definitely on my sports bucket list. Yeah. It's, Pretty incredible. It's funny. It's actually the first college arena that I had been to. So that was kind of like my benchmark. And then I had been, I went to like University of Miami Stadium after arena afterwards. And I realized just how small and intimate Cameron is. It's basically like a high school gym. So it's really, really special. Yeah. Yeah. Very different from a lot of other colleges. What's cool about soccer in Florida is that you can play it all year round. You don't have to find an indoor facility. I mean, unless it's raining or something, but that's pretty cool. And you're able to play club soccer. Can you talk about that experience? Yeah, for sure. So I, my club was called Team Boca. Um, and I was on Team Boca. So I started my first year on under nine when I was seven. And then I stayed at Team Boca my entire youth. So up until under 18, um, you know, I have not a bad word to say about it. It was definitely one of the more reputable clubs in Florida. Um, great coaches and coaching staff. I feel like they were all 
so formative in my life and in my soccer career. Um, we went to the state championship twice. Um, I believe it was my U16 and U17 years. Um, but yeah, it was a really fun experience. And of course, I think mostly is the friendships and the and just having that life experience just your entire life. And then of course being set up to play in college. Um, I just loved it so much and you know, everything about it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All good things. Now, did you travel a lot with team Boca? We did. Yeah. So we, you know, did, I would say like the middle tier tournament. So like the Raleigh shootouts, we went to Disney um, we never really were on the biggest stage being like the first cup. We were kind of like middle of the road, I would say. Um, so we didn't have a ton of kind of exposure at those bigger tournaments, but, um, you know, of course on the weekends, we'd be traveling to like Tampa and all these various places in Florida. So my parents were definitely kept busy. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Now, did your sister play on Team Boca with you? She did, yeah. So she was group below me. Mm-hmm. Um, so oftentimes my parents would have to split. You know, my mom would come with me. My dad would go with my sister. Um, and same with college. So she played in college, as I mentioned. Um, so if we had overlapping games, my parents would split off or somehow make it work. They were just so dedicated to being there as much as they possibly could. Oh, that's great. And you, neither of you went all that close to Boca Raton, so... That's great that they were able to make so many games. Oh, yeah. They a lot of miles on their car, got a lot of hotel points, um, <laughs> flew a ton. They were, yeah, they're just so amazing. They wouldn't have missed. Actually, it's funny. My senior season at Duke, they didn't miss one singular game. They came wow. to every single one. Jeez, that's amazing. <laughs> Sounds like you have very supportive great parents. I sure do. That is for sure. Now at Duke, you were a forward mainly. Did you always play that position or did you switch at some point in your life? So I, yeah, so I feel like not many people can say this because they're moved around or maybe they're just more versatile. I basically have played forward my entire life from the time I was young until uh, I don't think I ever played another position in college, in fact. Wow. So goal score and forwards great because you get to <laughs> score goals and you don't have to run around as much as the midfield. So good on you. Yeah, that that's true. I, I definitely do feel as though I ran, I was an outside forward most of the time. So I was running up and down often, but agreed. Um, yeah, I loved playing forward. Now, you also played ODP, which is Olympic Development Program. You were actually able to travel to other countries through that experience, weren't you? I did, yeah. Um, ODP was amazing. It started off playing on the Florida team, and then every summer we would go to this small town in Alabama called Montevallo. Um, And from there, I was chosen to be on the Region 3 team, Um, and then that making that team allowed me to travel um, really all over the place, including Brazil and um, 
a couple of places in Europe. Um, we, you know, were all over the place, Germany, et cetera. Um, so it was a really incredible experience. And again, just meeting so many different people who I then, you know, ended up playing against in college. So just having some of those relationships and being, you know, in a high stakes final four game and, you know, being close friends with the person that was defending me was always very interesting. But yeah, ODP was such an amazing um, experience to get to travel all over the world at such a young age. Yeah. Now, were you able to experience any of the different cultures or was it basically all soccer? I would say we got to experience the cultures of soccer, um, most notably in Brazil. You know, we were playing again. We would be walking on the beach and be playing against locals that we just encountered. Um, that experience was so amazing. And um, I also went to Israel for the Maccabi Games, which is like the Jewish Olympics. Wow. Um, so that was also just such an amazing experience. We actually won the gold medal. I played on the United States team and we played against countries. And again, just kind of got to immerse ourselves in other cultures and meet people from all across the world. Wow. Now, how old were you when you did that? I was, a, it was after my sophomore year, sorry, after my junior year of college. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. Now, when it's time for high school, you attend St. Andrews instead of my mom's alma mater, Boca High. <laughs> Close rival, yeah. We yeah, play them rivals? every year. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> now, you have a great four-year soccer career there. Your freshman year, your team won the state championship, and you were the MVP, which is crazy. What are you, 14, 15, and you're the best on the team? <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, they wanted me to play actually when I was in eighth grade. They wanted to bump me up to varsity, um, but I don't think my parents were ready for me to do that just yet, so I waited until I was a freshman. Um, I truly didn't really know, like, you know, how, you know, my abilities versus some of the other people on the team, and I will say, you know, all the seniors on the team when I was a freshman, they all went on to play you know, D1, D2, D3 in college. Like, our team was incredible. Um, but just getting to come on and just making such an impact right away and winning a state championship, um, it really set the precedent for the rest of my high school years. And unfortunately, we didn't get the chance to win again, but it was just such an amazing way to start off my school soccer life. Absolutely. And even though you didn't win another state championship, the next three years for you are awesome. I mean, you're tri-area, all-county, first team, all four years that you were there. You're the two-time player of the year for Sun Sentinental, the Gatorade player of the year for the state of Florida in 2009, and you were ranked as one of the best recruits in the country. And you also had 117 career goals in four years, which is insane. I hadn't heard any of those stats in, you know, 10 plus years. So <laughs> thank you for the reminder. <laughs> of course. Yeah, you should be very proud of all that. That's awesome. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, our team was great. Um, and still to this day, some of my high school teammates are close friends of mine. So it's a special community that St. Andrews built. Oh, that's great. That's the best part, really, that you kept those friendships. 
You're obviously a sought after recruit. Can you talk about what that recruiting process was like for you? Yeah. So it's funny. My first offer actually came when I was, of course, there was an informal offer, but when I was 11, I was at a tournament and I got approached by um, a reputable school in Florida. I won't mention the name. Um, and they said, if you're still playing in college, you know, you have a full scholarship to come and play here. So um, I think, at, you know, starting off and hearing those words from such a young age um, is definitely the motivation that I needed and really solidified the fact that I did, in fact, you know, have a chance to play in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the recruiting process, and I don't know how it is now, but it definitely started very, very early. Um, so I started touring schools from the summer after my freshman year of high school. Um, so I was at a couple, I was at the Raleigh shootout, but I had four schools, including Wake Forest, um, UNC, and of course Duke, and then had some interest also from like Notre Stanford and some of those other schools as well. Um, but yeah, so I would say I have attention and interest from a bunch of schools. Um, and it started for me pretty early on in high school. Wow. I mean, all those, te- all those schools you just named have great soccer programs. Yeah, definitely. Um, it didn't make my choice easy. Um, until I stepped on the Duke, Duke campus and, you know, it was love at first sight, honestly. So my decision yeah, was campus. easy. And you just felt at home there and you're like, okay, this is it. Yeah, basically. I, I think my thinking was that I wanted to choose a school that, you know, if I, God forbid, had had, you know, a career ending injury on day one of my freshman year and I, wasn't able to play soccer anymore. I wanted to choose somewhere that I could still go and be confident that I'd have an incredible college experience. And I think that Duke really was that. I think in terms of just being so well, of course the campus campus is beautiful, but it's so well-rounded and there's so much culture. And, you know, I was able to join a sorority, which I really valued. Um, There wasn't such an emphasis on soccer to the point where, you know, we were taken away from other activities. So it really was the perfect fit for me. Oh, that's great. Also, it doesn't hurt that Duke is one of the best academic schools in the country. Exactly. And yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. That was definitely one of my criteria. Um, You know, I didn't want to go somewhere exclusively for soccer. I wanted to go to a school where there was a perfect blend of academics and athletics and I think Duke fit that bill a hundred percent nice really cool that you were able to join a sorority because at a lot of places playing a division one sport is kind of all you can do because of the time and attention to it Mm -hmm. exactly yeah I mean a lot of the like bigger state schools it's either you're in a sorority and that's your life or you're an athlete and that's your life and that just wasn't the case at um, Duke. I think they really valued people who are well-rounded. And a lot of my best friends I actually met through my sorority, just kind of having that as an outlet. Um, Cause of course, you know, soccer became 
so demanding. It was so time consuming. So just to have a space to go to and other people to hang out with outside of that, of course, I love my team to death, but I'm um, just getting other experiences and meeting other people was something I so cherish. Absolutely. Now, Duke is in the Atlantic Coast Conference, which is a very competitive women's soccer conference. You've got, you know, Duke, you've got UNC, Florida State, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest. I mean, every game is a battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Our conference games, it was just, you know, one after the other. We never got to take a breath. Yeah. And obviously, there's a huge Duke-UNC rivalry on the basketball court. What was it like on the soccer fields? So I think my – so it's funny. I When I was about 12, um, I went to soccer camp at UNC with my Team Boca team. We did like a week-long camp um, on their campus. And I have pictures of me to this day just fully decked out in UNC gear from head to toe. I think at that point, it was my dream school. Um, And then I toured there the summer after my freshman year. And it was that I was able to be there and be recruited by Anson, who I like so adored and admired. Um, But it just didn't feel right. Um, So I kind of had that background going into kind of like what we now call the Duke UNC rivalry. Um, but it was intense. Yeah. I mean, I would say our styles of play were just so different. We were much more of a finesse team, much more skilled, if I do say so. Um, and UNC, <laughs> they were just an absolute powerhouse every way, like super physical. Um, it, I would say it was a head game for sure. I, we were just so psyched out by them every time we stepped on the field with them. Um, just given the differences in our sales play and obviously the history and the rivalry and whatnot. Um, but it was fun. Uh, unfortunately, never beat them once in my four years. We tied. That was the best result. Um, so it's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, that's okay, though. Had a lot of other great wins. Exactly. And you know what? We never actually played them when it, when it counted. Um, mm-hmm. It was always either, you know, a conference game or – spring game um so never anything that was fully life or death yeah interesting now your freshman year is in 2010 and you're able to play right away as a freshman you even get 20 starts i believe you score 10 goals on the season and duke makes it all the way to the sweet 16 and in and you know as you're getting to the sweet 16 you knock off florida in penalty kicks to get there yeah um, that was a really unique year in that we came in as a freshman class who, you know, we were all top recruits from our respective high schools. Um, I don't believe Duke had ever seen a recruiting class that was like ours. Um, so we had a group of our team who, you know, we obviously came in and kind of picked them. Um, and through the tournament, we were able to carry the team were just so um, graceful and so supportive. Um, I feel like in a lot of instances that could have gone badly when your career is ending and you sitting on the bench as a senior. Um, but, you know, just such a great group of supportive girls. And, in fact, that game against Florida, seniors actually were the ones to step in and um, 
allow us to win that game. They all made their PKs. So that was a special year. I'll also note that Cal in the first round, um, which Alex Morgan's senior year. Oh, um, that was her senior year. Wow. scored against her team. Yeah, so that was the last game of her career. Nice. You knocked yeah. her out. A fun fact. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. You know, I totally overlooked that. I thought Morgan graduated in like 08 or 09. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. We had one year of overlap. Nice. Nice. Now, when you're at a bar or something watching the U.S. national team, do you ever just say to someone, hey, I ended her college career? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you a funny story, actually. So I was in Israel for Maccabi games that I was telling you about before. And I happened to, we were in like, a box before um, one of our games. Her parents were there. They happened to be there, Alex Morgan's parents. And I <laughs> got to talking to them. And, you know, I obviously tell them I, when I go to Duke. Um, I played your daughter. They were like, oh, you know what? You ended our daughter's college career. They were not very happy with the fact that we beat them that game and ended her career. So, <laughs> so you and the Morgans, not friends. We have some beef. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Now, beating Florida, though, was that just like icing on the cake because it was your home state? Yeah, I would say so. There was some interest there for, you know, from them wanting me to, to play there. And I, you know, from when I was younger, I told my parents that I didn't want to go to school in Florida. And they're like, okay, well, you better then get a scholarship because we have Florida prepaid, which means that my college is already paid for in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so I threw like a mini tantrum when I was like 10 years old and <laughs> I really didn't want to go to school in Florida. So yeah, I think it was a good feeling for sure. That's amazing that you were even thinking of college at 10 years old. I don't think that was on my mind. Right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now, did you take a penalty, a penalty kick that, day, that game? Um, against Florida? Yeah. I don't believe that I did. Okay. I hate watching penalty kicks. I don't know. I, I just get so nervous for everyone. It doesn't even matter if I, I normally am not even rooting for a team. Like, I could care less. And still, it's so nerve-wracking. Yeah, I, I took one basically every time in college from when I was like a sophomore on, I believe. And I was always third. And thankfully I never missed. I don't know how I would have lived with myself. Although I did miss um, in club soccer and it was devastating. So I think I learned my lesson. Wow. That's amazing that you never miss. (laughs) There's obviously skill involved, but it's also a lot of luck, right? It's like if the goalie guesses what way you're going, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, we practiced. So when it came down to like ACC tournament and NCAA tournament, we practiced PKs every single day in practice. Um, It was something that our coaches really emphasized. So our thinking was like, pick a side, pick, uh, you know, a style and stick to it. It doesn't matter if we're scouted, um, if the goalie knows which way you're going, if, you know, your PK is good enough. It shouldn't matter. It should go in every single time. Um, So that's what I did. I had the same kick every time, and it worked. Wow. Good for you. 
Now, sophomore year in 2011, Duke has an amazing season. You guys go 22-4-2. You personally start all but one game. You scored two game-winning goals that season, which is pretty amazing. Do you remember that? Um, can you remind me which, which teams we played? To be honest, I don't even <laughs> remember. I didn't really look, but yeah, I know you had two game winners. Okay, yeah. I mean, that season was simply amazing. It was, like, so magical. And I, yeah, I, I, I believe it, although I don't remember exactly which <laughs> game I scored in. <laughs> You also had several multiple goal games, and I know for a fact one was against the Wake Forest, which had to feel good since you mm-hmm. were being recruited by them. Yeah, so I actually do remember that one vividly. Um, there's a highlight tape of me scoring those two goals, and the announcer like saying my name in a certain way, and my teammates like after that came out, they always like say my name <laughs> in this certain way that the announcer said it. <laughs> And it was a pretty cool goal. Nice. I, I feel like your name is kind of normal. I don't know how you would mess that up. <laughs> he just like he was like Laura Weinberg. Like he said it very. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, That's that funny. Way. Anyway, <laughs> very cool. Now Duke makes it all the way to the Final Four this year. Can you talk about getting to that Final Four after the win over Long Beach? Oh, I mean, unexplainable. Um, I think looking back, what we remember, of course, is the way that it all ended, which was uh, lost devastatingly to Stanford in the finals. Um, But to get there and the work and, you know, the hours that we put in and just the, the season that we had, it was, truly special and something that we'll all remember for a long, long time. Although we do wish that the outcome was different. Yeah, of course. And I, I feel like it was Stanford's like third year in a row in the final. I feel like they weren't going to lose. So, but still, like you said, yeah. every call, every soccer player, it's their dream to get to the final four. So it's pretty cool that you can say that you got there. Yeah. I completely agree. It was such a special and something we'll remember forever. For sure. Now, your junior year in 2012, another really good one for you. You had a team high 44 points. You scored 16 goals, and you were first team All-ACC. Yeah, um, that year was, uh, so Kim DeCesar, my teammate, and I, we really started to connect. Um, she is super strong in the air. But I would dribble down the left side and cross it, and then she would head in. Forward. So we really had a special duo and kind of got that momentum going that uh, junior year. It's amazing. Her senior year. Yeah. Okay, so there's a year, year difference between you guys. You go 17-6-2, make it all the way to the Elite Eight this year, falling to Penn State. That has to be tough getting so close to the final four, but coming up just a tad bit short. Yeah, that one was an absolute heartbreaker. Um, we played that game at Penn State. We had a couple of errors um, 
an RFI that could have been avoided. And that, I don't know if you've ever been to that stadium, but it is quite sterile. It was a winter, you know, freezing cold. It was pitch black. Um, the fans were super hostile. It wasn't <laughs> favorable for us in any way. Um, so that was truly a heartbreaker. And especially given the fact that, you know, of course, after junior season, there's only one more left. So mm-hmm. that one was a tough one to swallow. That's weird to me that the Elite Eight game would be at someone's home court. I feel like it should be at a, a neutral site. I know. You are so right about that. It's funny because every game that we, every season under was played away from our home stadium. Mm-hmm. We thrived at home. Um, yeah. So it was unfortunate. Yeah, it should definitely be on neutral ground. I agree with you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get, like, first or second round, you know, rewarding the higher seeds. But once you get into the Sweet 16 and Elite 8, it should absolutely be neutral. Agreed. (laughs) Now, senior year 2013, another outstanding year for you. You make 22 starts, have 14 points with five goals, and you score a game-winning goal against Notre Dame, which is always going to be a good team to score against, right? They're always kind of good at soccer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that season I had something like the most shots in the whole league. Um, and I didn't have the most number of goals, but I was just, like, ruthless that year. Um, but I shoot. do remember. Yeah, exactly. That um, Notre Dame game was special. So that one was at Notre Dame. Um, we had to win. We couldn't tie in order to advance. Um and I, it was in double overtime. I sprinted from the half field, and the goalie was kind of fumbling with the ball. And I fly tackled her. I scored, and it was just so special. And people were writing. I remember people were writing on Twitter like, "Laura Weinberg just saved Duke season." Um, so that <laughs> a great moment for sure. Oh, wow. That sounds like a great goal. I wonder if it's on YouTube. I'd love to see it. My parents actually got a highlight tape made with all of my collegiate goals. It does exist in the stratosphere. Well, you got to post that. That's a great goal. You slide tackle the goalie. (laughs) Okay, maybe I will. Yes. (laughs) Bring it back. (laughs) Throwback Thursday, (laughs) something like that. Definitely. Good idea. (laughs) Again, do you get all the way to the Elite Eight, falling to Virginia Tech and ACC foe. Gosh, how devastating is that to not only be so close to the Final Four again, but that being your last game in college? Yeah, so that one, we lost like 3-0, which, you know, it almost makes it better that it's not a nail-biter. I think I was at peace with it at that time, especially when it was, you know, like 2-0, 3-0 with a couple minutes left, and there was truly nothing that we could do. And I had put my heart on the field for the past four years, of course, devastating. But um, I think it, it, it came to an end as nicely and as wonderfully as it could. So I can't complain. Yeah, and... You left it all on the field for four years. Hard work. You have, you should have no regrets. No regrets. Not a single one, except for maybe losing in the finals. 
Uh, <laughs> it is a regret. <laughs> yeah, now I hear you. We talked a lot about your success on the field. You also made various academic teams during your career. So you got it done in the classroom too. What was your major? Yeah, so I was a sociology major and I did markets and management as a certificate. Um, but I would say that was something that my coach and the coaching staff as a whole really did stress and emphasize um, is being as good in the classroom as you are in the field. Um, I think, you know, it speaks to just the, the quality of, of coaching and, you know, they just had such amazing uh, things to say and they always were on the road and they were helping, you know, like we had to, you know, do our tests and that was just such a big part of Duke soccer. Mm-hmm. That's good that they stressed and valued academics. Yeah, for sure. Now, were you able to study in the Emily K Center, or is that only for the basketball teams? Yeah, so we were, actually. Um, that was athletes only. So we would go up there after practice, before practice. That was kind of our, our hangout slash study spot, and we got to interact with other athletes, which was fun. Run into some of the basketball players from time to time, so it was fun. Nice. You were also a senior class award candidate, which is always a great honor. Yes. I forgot about that one, actually. I don't believe that I won, um, but even just being a candidate was such an honor. Um, just speaks to the accomplishments on the field and in the classroom as well. For sure, for sure. Now, I have to ask this as a huge basketball fan. You had said that you've gone to basketball games. Did you go to any Duke-UNC games in Cameron? Yes, I did. Um, I believe I went only once. Um, I wasn't in the student section. That's a little too intense for me, but I did get to experience <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, I love all their cheers and chants. They're crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you graduate from Duke in 2014. After that, did you try to play soccer professionally, either overseas or in the NWSL? Yeah, so I, um, I tried out for the Boston Breakers. Um, I wasn't um, drafted, so I just went to a tryout a couple of months after graduating and make it, which looking back is definitely a blessing in this I think at that point I was burnt out and I probably would have just been playing just to play um, and just to continue on with what I had started in college. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like it ran its course and I didn't have much to offer anymore. Just I, was, I really was burnt out. So I tried um, and then I ended up just not pursuing it after just the one tryout. Okay. Yeah, I could see how you'd be burnt out, right? Because at that point, you're 22. You've been playing since you were five at a really high level for a lot of that time. So you're just done. Yeah, exactly. No better way to put it. Yeah, yeah. So now what have you been up to since then? So I live in New York. Um, I work at LinkedIn. 
thing. I actually did, you know, soccer was a part of my life up until fairly recently. Um, I lived in Boston for about a year and I played there. And then when I moved to New York, I played on some co-ed leagues. I played on my company league. And then I actually pivoted into coaching. Um, so I did private sessions with young girls in, in New York City, which was amazing. I feel like that really brought everything full circle and just giving back and teaching these young girls the value of, you know, sportsmanship and being on a team and, you know, all these great things. Um, and I, I truly, I don't play that much anymore. Um, I've actually pivoted into playing tennis. That's my newest <laughs> hobby. And I'm like determined to get really good. So we'll see how that goes. Nice, nice. Tennis is a lot of fun. It's a great workout. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Surprisingly so. I, you know, at the end of I'll take a lesson and then I'll just be exhausted afterwards. A different <laughs> kind of uh, workout than soccer. Yeah. How's your serve? I'm getting there. We're not quite there yet. We're still just working on the basics. Um, okay. Serve is like serve that will come back. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get some spin on it. Get some speed. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. Sounds like you have a great life after soccer. You're doing private practices. Your private sessions, I should say. You're doing uh, well at LinkedIn. That's a good company to work for. Good for you. Yeah, I love it. I've been there for five and a half years now, um, so quite a while, and now I'm working remotely, um, and we got acquired by Microsoft a couple of years ago, so working for them has been um, really wonderful. That's awesome. It's pretty funny, like, to think about it. You have a job for a service that, like, helps people get jobs. Yeah, it is interesting. So I actually work in um, the advertising sales part of the business. So basically my job is to help um, schools, actually, I work in the education vertical, um, drive enrollment for their various um, MBA programs. So funnily enough, Duke is one of my clients. So before <laughs> COVID, I actually got to go back to Durham a couple of times a year and meet with their marketing teams and, of course, visit my coaches. Yeah, of course. That's cool that you still have a relationship with your coaches. Oh, yeah, they're so amazing. Um, they've done a great job of keeping in touch and reaching out. And every time I go back, they're the first person that I call. So Aww. had a great relationship with the whole coaching staff. Very nice. My parents actually just went down to um, watch Duke women's soccer play against uh, University of Miami. And they went to lunch with my coach and caught up with him. So that was really nice. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, cool to see the parents enjoying the coach, too. Shows you how great yeah. that coaching staff was. I know. And, yeah, uh, my, some of my parents' best friends to this day are Duke women's soccer parents. Laura, I have enjoyed this conversation so much. I like to end the podcast with a couple fun questions. How does that sound? Let's do it. All right. First question. What TV show are you currently binge-watching? Oh, so I just finished binging The Queen's Gambit, which... Okay, I've heard good things. I, yeah, it's, I highly recommend it. It was amazing. Um, I'm currently watching The Flight Attendant on HBO. Oh, like I'm excited to watch that one. It's an interesting one. Yeah. I read the I, book, I so... Or it is good. Not done just yet, but... Okay, all right, I like cool. It. Yeah, the book was pretty good, so I'm excited to check that out. 
I didn't even All know right. it was based on a book. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Hmm. All right, next question. What professional sports teams do you root for? So I'm from South Florida, um, so I've got to go with the Miami Dolphins and Miami Heat. Okay, good choices. Love the colors <laughs> for both those teams. I mean, the Dolphins, oh, I've always thanks. loved their colors. Now the Miami Heat going with this, like, very vibrant look. I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it, too. It's very Miami <laughs> 1970s. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. All right, Laura, last question. Whenever COVID is over and the world is open back up, where is the first place you're traveling to? That is a very good question. Hmm. I've got to say, so we were supposed to go to Iceland and France um, in June, and unfortunately that got canceled because of COVID. So I'd like to, I think France would be first on my list, um, followed closely by the Iceland Um so let's just run that trip back when we're able to travel again. Okay, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, you got to get there. Yeah, exactly. Laura, thank you so much for taking time to come on the podcast. I've really enjoyed talking about your great soccer career and what you've been up to since your career ended. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right, everyone. That was my chat with Laura Weinberg. Hope you enjoyed it. Always great talking with someone from Boca Raton. That's a beautiful area. It was really interesting to hear about her terrific career at Duke and making that Final Four. Glad to see she's doing well now after her college soccer career. I'll be back soon to speak with another outstanding athlete.